0: Episode 124 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast, and today we're gonna talk about emotional intelligence and why it's important for your divorce. Let's hit it.
1: Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, AKA the Divorce Resource Guy. A former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly, from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoie. Welcome
0: everybody. Welcome to episode 124 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I am your host, Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy. And today we are going to be talking about emotional intelligence. Yes, not regular intelligence. That's important. But emotional intelligence, equally important. If you're not sure exactly what that is and how it applies to divorce or what you're going through in your situation, this is the episode for you. My guest today is Charlotte Christian. Charlotte is a family and divorce lawyer uh, and founder of the Charlotte Christian and Associates firm. She was born and raised in the Yellowhammer State. She calls that home. Charlotte is committed to helping those who experience loss overcome their hardships and build a new life stronger and more resilient than they were before. And no stranger to trauma herself, including enduring the sudden losses of her father while, while a young child and husband after 10 years of marriage. Charlotte knows what it means, practically and legally, to put the pieces in place to create a future filled with security, hope, and opportunity, and find happiness once again. So, let's get right to it. Let's talk with Charlotte about emotional intelligence. Charlotte, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. I'm excited to have you today.
1: Chase, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: So, where are you uh, located? I know I'm in Alabama. I
1: want... Yeah, I'm in Alabama, and... uh have a divorce and custody law firm in in Alabama as well.
0: Nice. I have not yet been, uh, that far South. Um, I've flown past Alabama on a plane once.
1: (laughs) (laughs) must have been one to Florida.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, one of these days I'd love to take a a trip down the whole East coast and, uh, see everything, but, um, uh, it's
1: really, it's really pretty. It's, uh, it's a nice place. The South is a nice place that, uh, uh, is a is a is a good place to visit the weather the weather's usually good and you know a lot of uh. so Alabama has a lot of mountains in the northern part well I say mountains not in relation to the west coast but it has uh, a mountain range and then it also has the beaches and and such to the south so a lot of pretty places to visit
0: yeah that's nice and up here in New Jersey today we're having a heat wave so it's like 95 degrees what's it like down there today
1: you know, I think it's about, uh, it's in the mid-90s here as well. And humid. Yeah, it is humid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, humid yeah, But here too, sure. so. <laughs> that's strange. Right. It's usually not so humid up there. What's that? It's usually not so humid up north. It it,
0: it, it kind of ebbs and flows. Uh, today, this last three days have been really bad. So, sure. yeah, I don't do well in humidity.
1: <laughs> I feel your pain.
0: Yeah. All right, we're nice and cool while we're doing this. So that's great. So tell yes. everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of, you know, the path you took to become a a family law attorney.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I um, actually used to have a real estate closing company. So I did real estate loans and sadly my husband passed away. And when he passed away, I, I decided I wanted to change my direction. And that was about 10 years ago. And I said, how can I help the most people? So I understood the pain of losing a spouse and, you know, the fears and frustrations that come along with that. And I thought, what better way than to build a high quality family law firm and really um, offer to the entire state of Alabama uh, an opportunity to work with a firm that understands uh, the fears and frustrations that they may be going through and, you know, can help listen to their story. So our firm is big on listening to our client's story, uh, understanding what, you know, guide our clients where they are and, uh, you know, really proud of what we've been able to build. Yeah.
0: I was, uh, looking you guys up online. You guys have a, uh, quite a number of attorneys. Uh, it seems like working there.
1: Yeah, we, we have several. We're, um, we're throughout the state and, uh, We've got several and they're, you know, they're just really good. We've been, we've had a great opportunity to employ some amazing attorneys and that really helps our, um, helps our firm and helps our clients for sure.
0: Yeah, I absolutely. In, in this area of uh, family law, you know, it's so client centric uh, that I, I, it's refreshing to to see you focusing on on the client and, and their needs. A, a lot of times it's too In my opinion like mechanical and you know attorneys who have been practicing for a while they just kind of lose track of that and and they you know every case is the same and they just go through the abcs and the motions so to speak and um they forget that everybody's different everybody's life is different and um you know going through a a contested divorce is is trauma right and so it affects everybody
1: yeah jason when i decided to build a sperm and then building it i made the decision to only hire lawyers that I felt would buy into the mission, vision and values. And, you know, every decision that we make, we measure against those values and, you know, we start our clients with a a strong strategy. So we spend the time listening and, you know, I heard, uh, recently actually Ted Lasso mentioned this recently on his show, I think in season two was saying that, um, You should be curious, not judgmental. And we find that being curious about what got our clients to where they are will lead to a much deeper discussion. And in that deeper discussion, then we're able to pull out the story of of the client's why. And once you know the client's why, then you can go to the mediator, then you can go to the judge and you have more to share with, the, with the, the fact finder who can ultimately, you know, make the decision of what happens um, in the end stages of your divorce or, or the finality of your divorce. But we hear so many stories and, and you know, take clients in who don't always see that they, they do feel like a number and we work very hard to make sure that we understand our clients why and, and never let a client be a number.
0: Yeah, I love how you you focused in and you kind of articulated that about the why because it is so important. Um, and then it puts the whole story of the facts for the fact finder into context, right? Um, and, and I think that's what makes the difference in in divorce cases and for any family law type of matters is, is you know not just what the facts are, but the context that the facts surround. Um, and once and somebody understands that, and they can then maybe understand the why, um, a different result might appear if uh, if they didn't.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you can represent somebody adequately without knowing their why, without knowing, you know, about their family. Where do they Where do they live? What is their living situation like? What do they? Uh, What do they do on a daily basis? What do they love? What do they hate? What brought them here? Because ultimately, if you end in a divorce, something brought you there. What did you know, did was it all you was it all the other party? Chances are good. The answer to that's no, it's never just party. What what got you there? How can we keep you from ending up in the same situation again? How can we bring you out in a better place than we found you and help you move on to a better life. That doesn't, you know, just put you right back in the same place. That's where we really focus because if we do that, we believe we're making the state a better place. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Um, and if everybody did that, then perhaps the whole process of, uh, getting divorced and the bad rap that divorce court gets, you know, generally speaking, that would be different. Um, so kudos to you uh for taking that approach Mm -hmm. number one um so today we're going to talk about emotional intelligence um and i think that goes hand in hand with the way you approach practicing law uh in this space right so i'm excited because while i've talked about emotional intelligence before i don't think i've highlighted it on this podcast yet so you're the first and it's exciting Mm -hmm. because. It's huge. Um, And so let's start off um, by defining it. So people can understand what we're talking about. What what is emotional intelligence?
1: So sometimes you'll see it defined as EQ and, and emotional intelligence is just being able to understand and use your emotions in a positive way. So, you know, you and I can have the exact same incident happen to us. We can be standing on a street side, a bus can come along and, you know, throw mud on you and throw mud on me, we're both standing there with mud. The way that we use our emotional intelligence determines what the next, you know, determines what the next step is. So we say, you know, the same thing in family law and especially in divorce is that our ideal client possesses emotional intelligence. They're self-aware, they have good self-management, you know, social awareness and good relationship management. So what does that mean? That means that they do not let their thinking control their their self management. So you may hate somebody, you know, you may you may hate your spouse who went and had an affair, but you don't allow that hatred to destroy your relationship with your child. You don't try to to make your life's child your your child's life harder because you hate. The parent. I think that once you can have an emotional intelligence level that allows you to not destroy the family in the process, then we can get you in a much better place.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to explain it. I I often think of emotional intelligence or EQ um, as, you know, like you said, being self-aware of yourself um, and, and how you react to things and understanding that kind of being inward, like being intuitive about yourself and, um, not only understanding what maybe triggers you, um, to react a certain way, but then being able to control yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. because there's all times throughout life where I think we want to, you know, perhaps kill somebody (laughs) (laughs) and, but, or, or you get mad and, but, but we don't, Not everybody does that every day, right? Otherwise it'd be chaos and and anarchy. But so you can control yourself or you you say, oh, I feel really mad, but you don't let it take over. Um, Would you agree that that also kind of is enveloped in emotional intelligence?
1: Absolutely. I think self-management is the key is that you find success not only in in a divorce or in a custody uh, argument, but you find success in life when you're able to, to manage yourself, to manage your emotions. And I think that you have to prepare for that. So if you have to go back to the self-awareness, you've got to go back and say, okay, I'm aware, I'm aware that I'm not great in this area, or I'm aware that this triggers me. How can I manage that to manage myself so that I don't let it destroy my day so that I don't let it destroy my career, my future, my family. And I think that's the key is looking and knowing where you're weak Knowing what your triggers are and then managing those, and then you have to have social awareness to say, you know, how am I fitting in with the way that I manage myself? Am I aware that I get on people's nerves? Am I aware that I annoy people? Am I aware that I'm destroying my kids' lives? Am I aware that I'm an embarrassment to my kids because of my behavior and my lack of self management? I think those are are keys to success once you can recognize that and work through those and i think especially as a as a parent coming out of a divorce and i use children a lot but as a parent coming out of a divorce your children are already experiencing what what i'll call damage you know they've they're already in a damaged situation whereas the home is not going to be uh, a a stable one you know one coherent unit any longer and Because of that, the children are scared. The children are concerned. The children wonder, did I cause this? They wonder, is mom going to love me? Is dad going to love me? So, you know, having emotional intelligence and knowing how to manage them and knowing how to to treat the children throughout the divorce is just crucial. It's just absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Now, emotional intelligence um is i don't know how you would phrase it it's a um not a scientific construct but it's like a it's a it's its own it's its own thing like book intelligence book smarts we often would say some people have book smarts but some people don't have a high emotional intelligence right they lack in all those ways that we just kind of went over but they may be a genius you know academically um sure. How, how do you if you come across a client well let's do this in two ways your clients if if you have a client who you feel needs work in their emotional intelligence how do you approach that and and, and how do you can you can you make can you improve somebody's emotional intelligence from a baseline
1: you know i think that you you have to give people resources. So it goes back to what we initially talked about, and that's finding out the client's why. So if, if we learn the client got here because of, of decisions that he or she made that were were not, you know, what, what would be viewed as the best decisions, then we know what our baseline is where we go from there and how we help them. And that's just through resources. So, you know, through education, through books, through counseling, but the most important piece, Jason, is they've got to be willing to accept it. And the problem is, is that a lot of times people are not willing to overcome. They're not willing to overcome it because of the adrenaline they get from it. So, you know, you'll see, you know, you see all these videos of these people on airplanes acting crazy and just, you know, flying, just people fighting and going crazy. You know, I wonder if that doesn't give them some adrenaline rush where they feel good about themselves for the moment and they're not willing to stop their behavior because they want that feeling. So it's sort of like eating too much. You know, I I went through a thing of gaining a lot of weight um, after my husband passed away and I did it because it, it made me feel better. I didn't I didn't care that I was gaining weight because I felt better when I ate. A lot of people do that with alcohol or drugs. The coping so mechanism. I wonder exactly. I wonder if people um don't want to be emotionally intelligent because they like that lashing out or they just by gosh, they're not it's a southern <laughs> southernism there, but by goodness they're just not going to allow her to, to cheat on them and get away with it. I'm going to, I'm going to show you who's the boss kind of thing. And, you know, that is, that's a, an emotional intelligence issue that's hard to overcome. And it's hard to get people to see that at the end of the day, that's going to hurt their children. It's not going to hurt anybody, but their children, it's not going to help anybody. It's not going to put anybody in a better position. Look, if you come home and you find out your wife is leaving you for the tennis coach, Absolutely. You know, if I came home and found out that my husband was was having an affair, I would be livid. I mean, I would be livid mad as most people would. And I would want to, you know, probably go attack that person and do everything I could, but I wouldn't because I have self-management and I know at the end of the day that doesn't help. But especially if you have children, um, it just doesn't help anybody. So you know, getting people to realize that is sometimes more difficult than, than I wish. But, you know, you can't in an eight month period during a divorce change an entire person's, uh, uh, you know, level. But you can certainly give them assets to make their life better because it goes back to we want them to come out on the other end much better. And if we don't give them those resources, help them have self-awareness, then we failed them.
0: Do you encourage with your clients? When I practiced, I, I would often kind of force, uh, my clients who I thought needed it to, you know, if you wanted me as your lawyer, then you need to be in therapy for yourself, um, to work on a lot of that stuff. Um, because again, while a lot of, um, what we do as lawyers involves the emotional dealing with the emotional aspect of the case, uh, you know, it's all intertwined. Um, we're not professional therapists. And and so do you find that like, how do you, how do you handle that? Do you encourage your clients to, to really kind of go to therapy to work on their emotional intelligence or you just give them resources yourself and, and you find that works?
1: So I'm both, you know, I really am big on therapy and counseling. You know, our, uh, you know, we try to get our clients to to, uh, to go utilize both of those resources. A lot of times people don't want to realize or, or acknowledge that they need help. So it's difficult. But what we tell people is exactly what you just said. Look, we're, we're happy to talk to you. It costs money to talk to us and we're not, if you're going to pay somebody money, pay somebody, we're trained to get you from point a to point b with the best result we're trained on how to do that that's what you're paying us for let's get you to somebody else who's trained on how to up level you how to how to listen to your problems how to coach you how to make you um you know a better a I guess maybe even raise your your EQ so that it can help you move through the process. But you know, calling us and telling us how bad she is or what she said—you're not going to believe what this email said. That, like I said, just costs money to to do. And we're happy to read it. We're happy to listen to you, but. We're not the ones who are equipped or trained. You're sort of outside of our wheelhouse. So definitely we say you need to be in with somebody who's trained and who can help you through that.
0: I would say the exact same thing uh, to my clients, too. I say, I'll talk to you for as long as you want. I'll be your sounding board and play therapist. But then don't complain when you get the bill at the end of the month. Right. Because I have to charge you for this time um, because that's how we work. Right. Attorneys charge by the, the use of their time. And I, so I would say you're much better served using your resources on a licensed professional for that area and let me do the legal work, right?
1: Um, you know, a lot of times it's, it's insured as well. So, you know, lawyers aren't insured. So, you know, you're sometimes counseling and therapy fees are, are paid for in, by insurance companies. So you're in a much better position if you do that. And, and further, it just sort of helps, us team up with another professional. So it gives you not only the resources of our firm, it gives us another professional to team up with to help you on your way. And if you give us the authority to speak to them, you know, we can, tell, you know, give them ideas on what we need help with. The same way we feel like we are would set you up for success if we bring in an accountant who's really good and can help you, you know, build your future. If we bring in a realtor, if we bring in other resources, to make your team strong, then we feel like we're winning for our clients.
0: Absolutely. I'm so good you you kind of framed it like that, Charlotte. Um, because I preach all the time, you know, it's about having the right team approach, um, the team of objective professionals to help you get through this time. Um, you know, people often uh think that they're getting divorced, all they have to do is hire a divorce attorney and they've wash their hands and they're done. And that's what I think most people do, but that's not the best way to go about it. Um If you have different professionals, and I understand each one you have to pay, but if you have the right team approach helping you and then helping each other, I think in the long run, you'd spend less money uh, than just using your lawyer for everything.
1: 100%. Those people that you're referencing are the ones who come back for a second, third, fourth, or fifth divorce because nobody helped them set themselves up for success. Yeah. Yeah. goes full circle back to what I said, is that if we don't understand your why, if we don't set you up for success, then we failed you. So that's why it's so important when you're hiring a lawyer to hire a lawyer who understands it, who gets it, who wants to understand your why, and who then comes in, builds you a team that sets you up for success. Because if we just get you divorced, at the end of the day, we split everything, we get the custody resolved, we get you a divorce decree, and we put you back out there in the world in the same exact place. What's gonna change? I mean, what what chance do you have to continue on a better path if that's all we do for you? So yep. you know we're we believe that we're really good stewards of our clients' money, and we don't just say let's go find you this resource to spend your money. I mean, we're we understand the importance of trying to, you know, make sure that we put you in the right places. But ultimately, our goal is to get you surrounded with people who can bring you out on the other side, on a different trajectory than what you came in.
0: Absolutely. Uh, again, I couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. I wish I wish everybody thought like that and approached their practice like that, because I think getting a divorce wouldn't be so bad um, in that sense, you know, as far as uh, sometimes I think the attorneys are part of the problem, you know, uh, which is why it's not hard to find a divorce attorney. It's hard to find the right one for you that will approach it the way you deserve it and perhaps want it. you know, and, and so I wish, I wish everybody approached it like you, because I, I agree hundred percent that that's the best way to do it. And it's client centric, which is what we're doing. We're trying to help the client get through, you know, the toughest time in their life. Um, let me ask you this one last question, Charlotte, before we wrap up, time goes by fast when you're having fun. Um, we're talking about emotional intelligence um, and how we focus on and how you focus on it with your clients how, if at all, do you approach it when you're dealing with the other side? Um, do you feel that you need to kind of understand their why at some point and at some level? And then how do you go about doing that?
1: It's a good question. I don't know how you can understand the other person's why because you don't have their them. You don't have a tool set to open up with them. So, you, you know, the. Only conversation you're going to get to have with the other side would be through discovery and then through, you know, one deposition where you could sit. So it's really difficult to hear their why or to understand it. And I'm not really sure we need to think about that. How if we understood the other side's why, how we could use that as a uh, as a lever to get our client where they need to be. I really need to think about that. That's a good question. And I'm going to consider that. But you know, it's difficult to really understand the other side because you're so limited in the time that you spend with them. But I could see a way now that you've said it, I could see a way that we could certainly put together. um, Yeah, you made me think I can see a way that we could put together some ideas there to even help our clients more. Well, you know, the reason
0: I brought it up is because and again, I agree with you that your access to the other side is, is limited, obviously. Um, you know, you can't just call them up because if they, especially if they're represented, they're not going to talk to you, they can't talk to you. And even if they weren't represented, the odds are, they probably wouldn't want to talk to you. Um, at least not candidly like your client would. But what I tell my clients when I coach them is nobody knows, especially if it was a long-term marriage, nobody knows your partner like you do. Um, and, you know what makes them tick, just like they know what makes you tick. Um, And I I encourage them to focus on what do you think their why is? Um, Because the more we can understand their motivation, we can kind of foreshadow where we think maybe they're going to go and what they want and why they want it, which will help direct, you know, is that something that we need to really dwell on, fight about? Or is it an item that, yeah, that's not going to be a big deal for us and you know we could use that as a negotiation ship maybe down the road
1: after you said that I started thinking thinking about it really quickly and and we do in the sense of once you understand like for an example you might realize that the other party does not have good self-management and you might figure out what they're not self-aware of where they don't have good self-management and then you can use that. You know that lever to help your client ultimately in the end. So that is something we do in that regard. And I hadn't thought about that, but certainly we do try to learn as much about the other side as we can, so that we know how to pull that over to help our client.
0: Yeah, I think it's another aspect of emotional intelligence that yeah, not everybody utilizes um, and 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 thinks about. But right, the more you can understand the motivation and the needs, wants of your adversary, the better prepared you are to foreshadow that and, and kind of counter and 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 deal with it all so yeah absolutely no that's why emotional intelligence is its own really is its own world um and it's fascinating to me and i'm glad we had a chance to at least kind of scratch the iceberg there a little bit um so charlotte thank you so much for being on the show let everybody know where they yep. can find you especially if they are in the alabama area
1: yeah, absolutely. So our website is charlottechristianlaw.com. So it's C-H-A-R-L-O-T-T-E, Christian, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-L-A-W.com. And uh, you can look us up and we're on social media as well. We try to put out a lot of good content to help people out. So thank you for the opportunity, Jason.
0: Well, absolutely. It was a pleasure to have you on and perhaps we can have you on in the future again and we can continue the discussion.
1: Sounds great. Thanks so much.
0: All right. Thanks, Charlotte, for another great conversation and podcast episode. I hope you guys listening enjoyed it and learned a little something about emotional intelligence and how uh, it can apply. It can apply not only to your thinking, your approach in your divorce, but also choosing an attorney, finding an attorney who understands emotional intelligence, understands the important uh, the importance of how it works and is intertwined in really everything that happens. Um, not only with you as the client, but with the other side, their attorney, and how you approach conflict uh, in your divorce. So if you're looking for help with your particular situation and you are looking for a little divorce coaching, contact me, jason at jasonlavoy.com. My website, jasonlevoy.com has more information there. I offer free strategy sessions uh, to uh, give you an idea of how I work as a coach and if it is appropriate for you. And um, you can take it from there. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.